Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the CGF podcast with me, Louise Chester. If you don't know us, the Consumer Goods Forum is a CEO-led organization that brings consumer goods retailers and manufacturers together globally to help collaborate with other key stakeholders to secure consumer trust and drive positive change. Our eight coalitions of action have been designed to achieve collective impact on critical industry issues related to environmental and social sustainability, health and wellness, end-to-end value chains and food safety. On our podcast, we'll be breaking down all of these topics and more and engaging in insightful conversations with leaders from in and outside the industry as they share their thoughts on the challenges facing our planet and its people. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Jeff Painter, Chief Insights Officer at Pladis, a company which is best known for its diverse portfolio of brands that have been loved for generations. I want to get his thoughts on some of the top trends that have been shaping the industry and how the company has used these insights to their advantage to stay so successful after all these years. So let's meet him. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for joining me today on the CGF podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Louise. Thank you very much for inviting me on. You're you're very welcome. Excited to chat to you. So perhaps the the logical starting point would be if you could tell me a bit more about Pladis and your role within the company. Sure, absolutely. Look, Pladis, um, we're, we're one of the world's largest biscuit and chocolate manufacturers. Um, actually, we're only seven years old in our current format, um, but actually proud custodians of brands that stretch back over uh, several centuries. Um, so McVitie's, which is known and sold in many countries, uh, Ulka, uh, the most recognized snacking brand in Turkey, and also brands like Jacobs. And so if you walk into anybody's kitchen or into many stores around the world, you'll find our products. Um, we're also number one or two in many of our markets. And so we're ambitious to grow in our leadership around the world. Um, and we're really doing that by expanding our heritage brands on a global scale. Um, and our purpose, you know, put simply, is to bring happiness with every bite um, to our consumers, but also to our colleagues. And we have 16,000 colleagues in every corner of the world, and they all bring their own experience of happiness to Pladis every day. So my role, really, you know, we're passionate about consumers and bringing happiness with every bite. And, and my role is to really bring, to bring that focus onto the consumer, into the heart of our business and into the decisions we make. So we use consumer data and insights that we draw from the information to ensure that our great brands continue to evolve and thrive in an ever-changing world. So there's always plenty to learn with consumers, and that's what I'm focused on on an everyday basis. Super. Thank you, Jeff. I can well imagine that it is a lovely place to work with with biscuits in every corner of the office. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, perhaps then, I, I know that you, you know, your role is to is to look at insights amongst other things, and maybe you could share with us what what have been the biggest trends or changes in consumer demands within the snacking space over the last two years. Sure, I mean, look, it, it, the first thing I'd say is that we've been through such a period of change in the last couple of years. You know, starting with obviously with the COVID pandemic and and, and coming into an era now where we're moving into one of greater economic uncertainty and, and we're certainly seeing changes in our consumer behavior and, and in the way that they feel about their futures and their confidence. Um, initially, when we came out of COVID, we could see that consumers actually had increased confidence. They were, they were spending more money, particularly on things like travel and entertainment. 
Um, but now we are starting to see the situation change again. The economic clouds are, are, are on the horizon, unfortunately. And we are beginning to see that consumers are planning to reduce or, or hold back on some of their spending. Um, but there is good news as well for us as a snacking company that we do remain very confident about the future, even in these more challenging times. And a, a few reasons for that really is that, you know, at the end of the day, um, we're a small treat company. Um, we, we provide, um, you know, moments of happiness for consumers throughout their day. And actually that demand, that need for small treats remains very strong in this period. We saw it in the COVID downturn. We've seen it in previous recessions as well. Um, even in challenging economic times, you know, consumers want to find ways to, to pause, to share some moments and enjoy, a, a, you know, a moment of, of happiness in their day. And we play very well there. That's exactly what our portfolio is well set up to do. In general, um, snacking has, has performed well um, versus other FMCG or CPG categories. You know, we're actually outgrowing globally in snacking on a two to one basis, we're growing above 7% um, in value terms as a total category. So we do believe in, in, in a very strong outlook. I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, driving the right value equation over the next couple of years is gonna be critical. And that for us is a combination, both of the pricing that we charge, but also the innovation and the investment in our brands that we place into the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Super, so two questions to, to build off of that then, Jeff. So. Of everything you've you've just mentioned, how do you at Pladis stay ahead of that as a business? And also, you know, where do you expect these trends to to go next as we look forward? Yeah, sure. Um, look, so we spend a lot of time engaging with consumers um, and building those insights that help us really think hard about what it is that our consumers are are looking for. It helps us drive our innovation with new products. It also helps us to drive really engaging brand, um, brand programs. Um, you know, at our heart, we're bakers and we're chocolatiers. Um, and so craftsmanship and, 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 and you know, designing and, and delivering great products and innovation is really our strength. Um, so as we look at the next 12 months or so, you know, we're, we're investing ever more in innovation to make sure that we're unlocking you know, that growth that is available to us, that the growth that will come through understanding the next generation of snacking needs. As an example, we're seeing a lot of in-home consumption um, on uh, growing again. We're expecting and anticipating that consumers will spend more time in their homes over the next 12 to 24 months, particularly as they get pinched by, uh, economically. We see that as an opportunity um, for us to deliver and design products that are specifically targeted at those moments. So look, we, we invest in understanding what we call consumer demand. Um, we've built a very powerful framework to really tell us all about consumer snacking occasions and, and, and what their needs are in those moments. Um, and we use that to allow us to understand where our existing portfolio is already strong, but also where we might wish to build new products and brands um, that will enable us to serve a different set of evolving consumer needs. And so on a global scale, you know, we've got um, many different cultures that, that, that we, we spend time understanding, whether that's in the UK or Turkey or elsewhere. Um, and across our brands, be it Fitties or Ulka or Bacardi in the Netherlands, you know, we learn and we adapt. Um, and one of the great advantages, I think, about being in a global company is that you get to lift and shift your successes from around the world. You know, an idea that works in one market may well work in another market. Um, and we look actively for those ideas, those repeatable success models for us to take advantage. 
Brilliant. So then looking a bit more broadly beyond uh, just Pladis, do you, uh, as an insights expert, do you consider that companies sort of understand consumer insights better today than perhaps they did five, two years ago, five years ago, even beyond? And what methods um, do, do does the industry sort of have uh, in place for this? Yeah, no, things have definitely changed. You know, I've been in insights for over 25 years now, um, and I've seen a lot of change um, in insights in, 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 that, in, that time of, um, in that time of my experience. But look, fundamentally, I believe that for a consumer business to be successful, it has to have and it has to build a knowledge of its consumers in order to thrive and, and outperform others in, in the marketplace. And, and what you see and what I've witnessed is many companies are investing to, to improve their ability to understand consumers. Um, they've realized that it's an essential in a world of, of a rapidly changing consumer environment. Um, I think we've been pushed along in many ways by new companies, by digitally native companies. If you think of the Googles, the Netflixes of this world, and they've really significantly changed the game on what businesses can do with consumer data and insight. You know, they're very close to the customers that they serve um, and, and have a wonderful wealth of information there that they can use to, uh, to diagnose and, and, and understand their consumers. And I think in a consumer packaged um, goods company, then we've also been evolving very rapidly as well with with, um, you know, I guess the changes in, in both uh, the digital world and also data revolution that's happening around us. So, you know, whilst we've got access to all the traditional consumer tools that we've always had, things like surveys and focus groups, uh, immersing in our consumers' lives is something else that we do quite rapidly. You know, we're, we're actually increasingly looking now to, I'd say, more modern, more up-to-date um, tools. We're using larger data sets. We're using um, artificial intelligence projections to help us understand where we think the future may go. Um, and we're also really getting deep under the skin of human behavior. So we're really understanding people's motivations at a much deeper level than we ever have before. So really, yes, the discipline of insights has changed significantly um, in the last few years. And I anticipate that that change will continue. Yeah, that's really fascinating because just to think in sort of five, 10, 15 years time, it we we will continue to know so much more your job is going to keep evolving with layers and layers peeled away um, of insights so so next Jeff I, I wanted to um, hone in on a very well-loved brand and that is McVitie's you know it's a brand that I certainly grew up with in the UK as did as did everybody else and it's amazing that this brand is nearly 200 years old now and still so loved today such a household name what do you attribute this success to Yes, and, and, and you're right, McVitie's is a, is a wonderful brand. It was one that I grew up with as well in my childhood, so it's very, very fond um, for me. And look, McVitie's is, as you say, it's over 180 years old or young, as we prefer to call it. Um, and actually, other brands in our portfolio, like Orca, um, are also over 80 years old. So these are really brands that are, if you like, the fabric of a nation that, that our consumers know and love. They have grown up with, as you say. And there's not that many businesses in the world that would have brands that are really, you know, that that long and, and have been thriving for that for that uh, period of time. And so, really, look, great consumer brands for me are all about renewal. Um, you have to differentiate yourself from your competitors, but you also, really importantly, have to stay relevant for your consumer. Uh, and particularly as that consumer changes over time, you've got to continue to evolve your brands to make sure that you are current and that you're relevant. And we spend a lot of time 
doing that here at Plattis. That's that's really a, a lot of our waking hours are thinking about um, making sure that our, you know, we call them our heritage brands or our brands of, of long standing, really remain very relevant in consumers' lives today. And that means that we're breathing new life into them, whether that's through innovation, whether that's through brand communications or the way that um, we interface with consumers. And, and that's really what keeps us busy on a day-to-day basis. Well, I can certainly share that whenever I, I live in France and whenever I go home to Liverpool, I do make sure to stock up on some McVitie's because there you have vegan biscuits. So, you know, it's, and I'm vegan. So it's an example of having adapted to um, a certain part of the part of the market. So thank you for, for having done that. <laughs> Here you um, have a favourite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think just the, the plain digestives, actually. Yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> it's amazing, Louise, when, when you can speak to, to virtually anybody, you know, in the UK about McVitie's or anybody in Turkey about Ulka, um, everybody has a favourite and, mm. and everybody has a story that they have attached to their favourite um, McVitie's biscuit and, and how they grew up with it or what it means to them in their lives. So in many levels we've we've understood that biscuits are simple things but actually you know within that simplicity you know belies a whole depth of a relationship that our consumers have with our products and that's something that we value very highly um, we spend a lot of time thinking about that and, and, and how we can uh, incorporate that into our plans for growth mm-hmm. yeah that that's lovely to hear i definitely have a lot of memories of dipping them into cups of tea <laughs> <laughs> So then, um, moving on, I wanted to talk about how you at Pladis adapt to the the variation in consumer demands that you encounter across the different cultures that that you work across and regions to ensure that, as you were saying, you know, these products continue to appeal uh, globally to these these different markets and the different consumers that, that live there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, two, two things. We are a global business. Um, and then secondly, we're a food business. And I think those two things come together very well um, as we seek to understand our consumers around the world. You know, we spend a lot of time understanding local food culture. You know, food is one of the big things that, if you like, unites, but also distinguishes us on a, on a cultural basis around the world. So we really start with an understanding of, of food culture across our local markets. And one of the things that we spend time doing is thinking about authentic tastes and flavors and, and, and what's relevant to consumers in those different markets. And for instance, we have a, a date filled biscuit for our Egyptian consumers. Um, in Turkey, we have crackers that are made from quinoa and black cumin. So we really adapt our recipes and our brands uh, for local consumer tastes and preferences. And I think that allows us to, to stay very close and, and stay very, very relevant and also allows us to innovate as tastes and flavors change around the world as well. Um, another area that we spend a lot of time is thinking about behavior and when and where consumers are eating our products or enjoying our products. We've recently launched um, a new product in the UK in the last 12 months called McVitie's Blissfuls, um, which is a wonderful product if you haven't tried out, I thoroughly recommend it. And it's it's a product that is tailored to, to the more special and indulgent moments that consumers are increasingly having in the evening, increasingly at home. You know, imagine a in front of the television moment um, is, is really the bullseye of what we're targeting. Um, it's, a, it's a fabulous tasting product. Um, and we see that as an example of us getting very close to changing consumer behavior uh, and, and, are, and are able to build our growth platforms from there. 
Well, they sound absolutely delicious, as do the Turkish cumin biscuits. <laughs> I would like to try those <laughs> too. <laughs> um, so just to, we've got, I've got two final questions for you, and they're a bit more about you uh, personally, Jeff. So um, your career in the industry has spanned over two decades now, and you know, you've worked across many well-known household brands. So what is the most important thing that you've learned in your time working across these brands? Well, I, I certainly feel very privileged um, to have worked on some wonderful brands, you know, all across the world, you know, brands that, that people know and love, um, that brands that people have an opinion about um, and also will have a role in their lives on an everyday basis, a little bit like our discussion around the McVitie's brand. And as I say, for me, that's a real privilege to work on, on those kind of brands. Um, I, I think the most important thing that I've learned um, over my career is that, that, that our brands only exist because they serve the needs of consumers. Um, and if they fail to serve the needs of consumers, they fail to do that or they become irrelevant, then inevitably those brands are going to disappear. They won't have a role. They have no, if you like, natural uh, right to continue to exist. And so as a brand owner, um, we can only really thrive if, if we listen to our consumers um, and we keep finding ways of providing what they need, what they expect, what they love to see um, in their favorite brands. And that's really our, our, our key purpose. I think I've learned that, you know, working with brands is, is it's not a one way transactional process with consumers. We're not selling at consumers, um, but actually it's more about building a relationship with our consumers. And, and, and therefore, it's most definitely a two way process. You know, we have to listen hard. We have to anticipate our consumers changing needs and, and ultimately remember that the consumer is always our boss. Indeed, indeed. Okay, brilliant. So my final question to you is, is definitely a bit more of a personal one. I'd love to ask people this to end the podcast episode. And that is, how do you, um, what do you do in your personal life to live uh, a little bit more sustainably? It's a great question. It, it, it's such an important issue, I think, for for each of us to to think hard about. You know how we uh, how we go about our lives, um, both at work and, and and at leisure. And I do believe it's important that we all do our best. You know to help on sustainability. And 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 for me, whether that's a, being a bit more thoughtful about consumption, um, whether it's about trying to make less waste, um, or in making choices. You know about things like how we travel, how we move around. Um, I think they're all important things that we can personally make um, good choices on, good and smart choices. Now, I have um, have three teenage children, um, you know, who constantly remind me of the need um, for all of us to live more sustainably, you know, to protect the planet um, for their generation and beyond. Um, one example that I've done recently is I've, I've changed my car to be an electric vehicle. Um, I'm enjoying that. Um, I've also changed our, our, our household energy provider at home to to be one that that supplies from renewable sources and again look they're, they're probably on the grand scheme of things quite small things um, but I also believe that that small things are important that they add up um, and that we need to uh, continue to do them and lead by example great I love that and I think you're right it you know we're all sort of trying 
to implement into our daily lives small changes I love hearing people's answers because it actually gives me inspiration as you know small things that I can do and I think changing your car is not a small thing that's a huge thing so (laughs) very very well done um and yeah thank you so much Jeff it's been wonderful to hear about Pladis's very wholesome mission I would say I loved that you said uh, providing moments of happiness that's just lovely and I just want to thank you for sharing the insights that you've you've gathered along the way and also sharing your thoughts on how you've been using them within the company and beyond uh, we've talked about so much today from biscuits in front of the tv to adapting to the different regions that you you uh, work across so thank you Thank you, Louise. Uh, It's been a pleasure talking to you and I hope you continue to enjoy your McVitie's biscuits. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you would like to find out more about our work at the CGF, you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe for more episodes coming very soon. Thank you and bye for now.